Hi guys, uh, I'm back from vacation, feeling uh, ready to go, which means it was a good vacation. Um, it, was, it, it has its ups and downs though, uh, which I'll share in a minute. One of the books I read on vacation, I actually read read one and then sort of skimmed through two. Um, this uh, camp that my in-laws family has in Maine, uh, until quite recently belonged to, uh, this other woman and they would just go and, and stay there when she wasn't there. And she, so she had a collection of books that has largely remained there. Um, a lot of mysteries. I think she might have a complete collection of Agatha Christie and all beat up paperbacks, but she also had, uh, a large selection of books by this woman, uh, Louise Dickinson Rich, um, whose most famous book was about moving to this part of the main woods and living there for 10 years. Um, and then she also had a book about the Gouldsboro Peninsula on the coast of Maine, which is the next big peninsula up from Mount Desert Island where Acadia National Park is. Anyway, I read those two books, read one, skimmed the other, and really got an impression of this woman's character, her life, I don't know, sort of what, what happened to her. Her husband died um, when she was fairly young. And I felt one way about her, and then I made the mistake of reading a biography of her that this that was also there. And... I was a little sad that I read the biography because this woman's life was much more of a complicated hot mess than the books would lead you to believe. And, you know, it was, it was just a mess. She, her husband died. Up until her husband died, things were kind of going about as she portrayed them. Then her husband died, and she went through a 15-year period, 10-year, 15-year, something like that, of just really flailing around, completely uh, destitute and in debt, really terrible second marriage that was abusive, uh, very, very bitter divorce, other people taking care of her kids. She was just a mess. And she kept writing throughout it. Um, but what interests me is not, not the feeling of like, well, she didn't share, share that stuff. But it made me think about how much should you share and what should be the benchmark to determine what that right answer is. Because I imagine it's different for everybody and I would imagine it would have done her no good to share all of those details so she didn't. Right? I'm not saying that she did right or wrong to not share all those details, but simply that I, as a reader, later on, learning 
about how complicated her life was felt differently after I learned that fact than before I learned that fact. And for many people, this is not a question that they need to ask. I talked about it with my wife on the drive home, and she said, frankly, this is so uninteresting to me, I'm having a hard time paying attention. (laughs) Because to her, you know, if she's sharing her day, stand by. Sorry, I had to deal with someone on a bike. Um, So my wife, when she shares something, she's sharing it face-to-face with one of her coworkers. And it's just whatever feels appropriate to share in that moment with that person, which is a very specific recipe. Whereas when you put something out into the world, either as a writer in a book or on social media, you have much more... It's much more open-ended. You don't know when people will encounter it, and you don't know how much of what you have put out there they will take in. And so you're always, with everything that you're doing, trying to calculate a different set. It's much more ambiguous. What is the right amount of full truth to divulge and what boundaries you want to keep private and there's no right way to do it i know people who share lots of stuff about themselves but are completely private about their families i know people who share a lot about their families and very little about their inner thoughts everyone does it a different way and So the trick is two things. The first is to figure out what is the right, what are the boundaries in your life that you want to keep totally private and, and what are you trying to, what level of, of truth are you trying to get people to understand about you? And then the second is, how do you write about things that have happened in your life, or talk, in the case of this podcast, in such a way that it meets the goals that you set out with the first part? So there's two things you have to figure out, what you want to do, and then how to do it. I think, and I'm not 100% sure, my goal with what I want to do is to use so to use my platforms to create an account of my life and my thoughts in much the same way that I'm going to say Thoreau, but please don't hold it against me. He's just the example that came right to mind just now of someone who did this in much the same way that Thoreau 
writing Walden, it was both a diary of what happened interspersed with larger ideas. So that's the goal. I have no means uh, comparing myself in any other way to Thoreau. And how much to share in order to achieve that Uh, I think that you can only tell if you're doing it right if the feedback that people give you about what they thought about you and then what they learned about you seems like it matched or they learned more about you in a, in a good way, in a way that felt more true. Right? The famous example, actually Thoreau's a good example here, is that, well, he went and did all his washing and ate a bunch of meals at his mom's house. And people defend that or criticize that. But however you feel about it, it would have done Thoreau a great deal of good, perhaps, to slip in one line or two into, excuse me, into Walden saying, you know, I attempted to wash my clothes in the pond, but realized that my mom did it better and I missed her company and so I would traipse back to her house and get her to do it for me. I think that would have, stating that truth would have made people, A, it would have completely nullified that criticism and it would have perhaps made people like him more, made him seem more human. So for me, the litmus test is always when people learn more about me. Well, first of all, when they have misconceptions about me, that's always interesting. I just found one of these ridiculous plastic rings that soda cans come in. Um... I just picked it up like I was at the beach and had to save a sea turtle. Well, anyways. Uh, so whenever people say, wow, I, I didn't realize you lived where you lived looked like that, or I didn't realize that your neighborhood looked like that, or I didn't realize that you did this for a living, or I didn't realize that you did other things for a living, or I didn't realize that you were so young, or you were so old, or you had kids, or any of the things that people say to me, that's feedback that helps me guide how much I share going forward. And what tells me that I'm on the right track is when somebody meets me, like it used to be really helpful when people would come for lessons. We obviously haven't been able to do that with the pandemic this year, but when people would come for lessons and they'd say, Yep, this place feels exactly like I always imagined it would. Because those were people, see, who had probably been following along for a while and had seen enough of my content. And if I was doing a reasonable job portraying my life, observing the boundaries that I wanted to observe, um, then when people met me, there wouldn't be a schism between the me that I presented to the world publicly and the me that they were meeting with privately. Um, 
And I think that's my goal, is to simply be truthful about things and and in that truth I'm creating something valuable for myself and for other people. Um, on a professional level, I think it's really important and valuable for me to be sharing truthfully the struggles and the things that work and things that are important or things that are unimportant about making a living the way that I do so that people can get a realistic sense of what I think might work for them or at least what worked for me because I did not get that from the people I looked up to five, six, seven years ago when I was starting out on this path because they weren't sharing that or not in a complete enough way that I could avoid some of the pitfalls that they that they fell into. Um, and on a personal level, I want to share things truthfully enough that one, I'm creating documentation of my life that is valuable to me in the way that a photo album is valuable to me because it will allow me to remember my life later on. Two, give people a sense of my life and who I am in a way that makes us more of a community because they know me and and hopefully share things about themselves or just interact in ways that help me know them better. And three, share enough about my personal life that it helps illuminate the things of my professional life that are all tied in with it. Right, because one of the things about living a life as a craftsperson, especially when you work from home, um, and especially when you're the sort of point person as much as I am for children, is that it's all interwoven. You can't tease it apart and to pretend otherwise is disingenuous and not helpful. So that's my goal. And I don't often think about it so consciously, but having this experience of reading this woman's books and then reading this biography and just being really struck and a little disappointed at how much she had left out of her suffering, of her struggling, made me thoughtful about these patterns in my own life. And I feel good about how I've been doing it. I don't want to change, but I wanted to talk about it with you guys because, um, well, in part because talking about it with my wife was not particularly satisfying since she didn't care. Um, but also because I think this is one of the things that catches people up um, and trips people up. A lot of times people, it's easy to look at social media and copy 
one account or another, you know, basically copy what we see our peers doing. And by and large, what we see our peers doing is either a public account that is completely full of only one type of thing, right? Beautiful landscape photographs uh, from a drone of Norway or, you know, the Northern Lights or, you know, me perched, you know, out among the heather wearing a sweater that I knit looking you know, mournful, or the latest spoon that I carved, right? Every subculture, every niche has its way of portraying itself publicly. Or you have either a public or a private account that is just completely like my kids doing something cute. And that funny sign that I saw when I went to go get beer and I saw a road sign that, you know, had a typo. Stuff that is um, either oversharing or, or just kind of irrelevant to who you are and what the heck is going on. And as much as possible, I think it's really valuable to go a third way and I've talked about this many times before, so I'll be brief, which is using social media to share what you do and share your life and talk about it in a way that is cohesive and thoughtful so that um, the, the words you choose are, are as important as the images, but the images you choose are also really important. And it's not just about sharing it's not just about sharing the finished object, it's about sharing the process, and it's not just about uh, sharing your work, it's about sharing your life. Um, and in so doing, creating a community of people who care about you and your work and want to support you. And I think that has been the winning not the winning, the formula that has really worked for me, the pattern that has really worked for me in being able to make a business. And obviously there's so many other things that go into whether you can make a particular thing succeed in a particular context, right? It's getting this right doesn't guarantee success. But getting this right certainly helps a lot. And, and I think this is what people struggle with. People want to have a spoon carving account where they only share spoons and then have a personal account and they want to keep the two separate. And they don't recognize that you're setting up the exact sort of uh, disjointed feeling between how people feel about your work and how they feel about you and your life. If they find out, you know, I'd much rather know, I think, and I think here's why I think a lot of times people think that their life is uninteresting to fellow spoon carpers. There's this idea that if you don't live some sort of glamorous, sloidy life where you're traveling around living out of a van or visiting beautiful places, visiting people who are known in the scene. If you don't have a shop that's photogenic, if you don't have a whatever, 
that you should just keep it to your spoons and then share your life on a private or a separate account because because it doesn't it doesn't match the image and it's not it's not helpful and i think that, that is bullshit i think that i'd much rather know that you're a you know that that you live in a cabin in the woods or that you live in an apartment in the city or that you're a mom or a dad or that you're a delivery driver or a short order cook or that you sit behind a desk and do IT stuff I want to see that and I think your job if you choose to accept it is to figure out how to photograph aspects of your life that are not spoon carving in a way that is eye-catching enough that it will catch people's eyes and feel cohesive in your feed and then talk even if it is out of context with a photograph about about your life about your real life because Otherwise, what the heck are you doing this for? You need to be doing it for you, both as a document for yourself later on, but also as a way of building a community that is supportive of you, both financially if you want it to be, but also socially in the sense that people know who you are. Um... And not just the work you do, but also the thoughts in your head. And the things in your heart. And I think if you... If you can't look back at your feed three years ago, or three years from now, look back at what you're doing today with your social media. And be really grateful that you documented these thoughts and these images. Then you're missing out on the great opportunity of it. If you look back and you think, God, what was I thinking taking a photo of that? Then you need to stop and think about what you're taking photos of now and what you're talking about now. Because we can't necessarily look at how our peers use social media to determine how best we could use social media to get the most out of it for ourselves, for our lives. Because frankly, that's not how most of social media is happening. But it doesn't mean it can't happen that way. All it requires is that we are thoughtful about bringing how we present ourselves to the world and how we actually are into alignment and then talk about the stuff that really matters. Thanks for listening, guys. It's good to be back. Talk tomorrow.